2: a lot can happen in the next three years like a chat bot may be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance To Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation
3: Network of podcasts, and delivered by Doordash. One hour of straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now.
1: Well, well, well. What do we have here? The Western Conference Finals kicks off in a couple of hours. The boys are alive. We're all here. Dan, Rick, Tyler, Bag Milk. Checking in. Episode 201 of Oilers Nation Radio ahead of tonight's Game 1 versus the Avs. But as we do every week, we start things off with a shout out to our friends at Oodle Noodle and the delicious debate. 17 locations and counting all over Edmonton down in Airdrie. I put that one there as a uh, consolation prize for Princey.
0: It's, uh, it's kicking around down in Airdrie. I see what you did there. <laughs> I see what
3: you did there. Kickin', kickin'. I forgot that joke already.
0: Tyler, what
1: do yep. you got for today's delicious debate?
0: Today's oodle noodle delicious debate is this. Oilers, abs. What is the biggest key to victory for the Oilers in this series? Who wants to start us off, boys? I'll go ahead and start us off with the man
3: between the pipes. Mike Schmidty is going to have to show up because uh, if Mike Smith arrives and has, has a couple of uh, rough outings, I think that this Colorado Avalanche offense will expose him. So uh, I fully anticipate a Schmitty return and Schmitty battling all the way through. But for me, Mike Smith is the big X factor in this one.
2: Rick, what do you got? So look, it's not down to one person or, or one position. That whole team has to come out and play the way we've seen them play pretty much since Woodcroft took over. And whenever the hell he took over, this is going to be... a tough series this is a very good team we're playing against. So we're going to need everybody uh, pulling on the rope as best they can. And yeah, there's not one aspect of it that's going to stand out. They need to come out and play a 60 minute five player game. And if they do that, I like their chances in a Southern game series. Got
0: it. Uh, for me, it's going to be getting timely depth scoring. I, I agree. Mike Smith's got to hold up. I agree that, you know, you need Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl to keep carrying the weight offensively. But I don't think just those two alone are going to be enough to win four games against a team as talented as the Colorado Avalanche. I think you really do need someone, whether it's the second line, third line, hell Give me something from the fourth line. I'm not picky. You need someone to come through from you from not the top line. Every single game, night in, night out. They need to be making contributions away from the puck. They need to be pushing play in a positive direction, not getting scored on. And then someone's got to chip in offensively, too. It's going to take a full team effort to beat the Colorado Avalanche and uh, the depth scoring and depth pieces on this team. They hold the keys to the Oilers winning this series, in my opinion.
1: (laughs) For me, I'm going to say probably, well, I'll do two. One, the consonant, respect the blue lines. Both mm-hmm. sides can't be giving it away at either blue line, three, four feet on either side of it. That is just bad news. And the yeah. second, I guess that kind of goes in along, with, along those same lines is minimize the mistakes as best you can. Mm -hmm. Don't be flying. Don't be flying the zone early. Don't be trying to cheat up for offense against this team because the Colorado avalanche have got all kinds of people that can burn you. And I think if the Oilers play a tight game, a structured game, they're going to give themselves the best chance to win. So making mistakes against the avalanche could prove costly. Do your best to minimize those as best you can. And that includes at both blue lines at three, four feet on either side of them, get it out or get it in. That's the most important thing here.
0: Yeah, like against Calgary, the Oilers just proved they were the much better team, right? And they got away with making some sloppy mistakes, getting into those runs like we saw in game five, where there was like six goals in a minute and 11. And it was like, what the hell is going on right now? Like you can get away with that against or they did get away with that against Calgary. I just can't see them getting away with playing 10 minutes of mistake filled hockey against the Colorado Avalanche. Like the Avs aren't going to make it as easy to come back in games as the flames did. So just again, you're right. Beg milk limit, just those dumb preventable mistakes in your game. A lot of those happen on either side of either blue line. So yeah, limiting mistakes is going to be huge. And that again is it ties in kind of both our points in my opinion of it, you know, it can't just be McDavid and dry Settle going out there and giving you 23 immaculate minutes. And then you win just off the back of that. You need all three lines, all three pairings to be given you solid, solid minutes.
1: Another thing too is Darcy Kemper has not been good in these playoffs so far. He's got a 904 save percentage through the first two rounds. A big part of that is going to be one firing pucks on him because he hasn't seen a whole lot of work. Really? I think Tyler, you wrote it yesterday. He had f- only three games with 30 plus shots against the blues. Yeah. The others are going to need to do better than that. They're going to need to find shot fire shots at Kemper and they're going to have to crash the crease just like they did it against Markstrom. I'm not saying it's going to be as easy to put up four plus goals on a nightly basis against Kemper. But what I am saying is if you make his life difficult, it's not like he is on top of his game right now. That's going to be huge in this series.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's got a pretty low save percentage and high, high dangerous uh, scoring opportunities as well. And both teams he just played had very low amounts of high scoring, high dangerous scoring opportunities. You get in there, you find those high danger opportunities. You're going to score some goals. That's what the Oilers need to do in the offensive zone.
1: Yeah, and. they yeah. they got to do all of that. They got to get into the high danger. They got to shoot for volume, but they also got to make sure if you're doing that, you got traffic in front of the net, somebody ready to pick up the garbage. They did a good job against against Calgary in that regard. And there's no reason I that they can't do it again against Colorado. Yeah. Dan, you were going to say?
3: I was just, yeah, I was just going to punctuate your guys' point from earlier, talking about the starts. You know, the Flames started against us a couple games where they had two goals. And I feel like in those situations, if Colorado's doing that kind of a start against us, it's four goals against us. So we cannot be spotting teams' leads early in games, especially a Colorado Avalanche team.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like you can't have the starts where we got at the Saddle Dome where you're down by two or three goals in the first five, six, seven minutes. Like, cannot happen against Colorado because while it was a whole lot of fun to watch the other come back and score against Calgary and get themselves back into every game they were, that they played in In four cases winning. I'd rather not play that game against Colorado. There's a reason this team finished yep. second in the in the league in terms of the regular season. They're very good. So again, that goes to limiting your mistakes, being ready to play. All of that goes into it.
2: We got to understand though, this team's going to put up opportunities. They're a very, very good offensive team. Uh, they are going to score their share of goals. We are going to score our share of goals. I could see this even being even high, higher scoring than uh, than the Calgary series. Not because of any type of negativity. Not because of any type of their defense system. It's because both teams are so offensive and both goalies aren't exactly locked down number one goalies right now. So also- They just can't get down. They may give up two in a row but you don't, you don't stop there. Yeah. They, gave, they were down 6-1. They were down whatever the hell they were in, in game one against Calgary, and they fought back each time. I'm mm-hmm. not saying it's a great situation to be down. I'm just saying you're down two. It's not the end of the world. Get back on the ice and keep, and keep playing.
1: And the nice thing about the Oilers is they've shown resilience throughout these playoffs where if they're down one or two, it, they don't stop. It's not like they fold up the tent. But, you know, like you said, Rick, Colorado's going to get their chances. Make them earn them. Don't give them freebies. I think that's the bigger thing here.
0: Yeah. Uh, For me too. Like, is there anyone who's worried about the start of this game? Game one specifically, like good starts will be important throughout this series. But tonight they haven't played since Thursday. You know, I I like to think that guys like Nurse and Drysidal and and even McDavid, who's played a lot, they use this as a chance to rest and get back to 100%. But there's another part of me uh, that thinks, okay, you're going into an opposing team's rink. It's going to be rocking in there. You know that other side is going to be fired up. And you haven't played in however long it's been, four or five days here. Like, I'm a little bit worried about the first 10 minutes. Like, surviving, it's going to be crucial tonight.
1: I also, but like as a counterpoint, you could also look at the Colorado Avalanche. This is the first time they've been to the Western Conference Finals since the 90s. You know, they have a lot of pressure on them. The Oilers are going to be playing a little bit looser. I think they embrace the underdog mentality a little bit. Go in there and try and steal game one. If you can steal game one, all of a sudden we've got a different series coming ahead. So I think the Oilers are going to be fired up to play. I think that Woody's going to have them ready to go. And I think, well, I hope anyway, that they're going to take advantage of a Colorado team. That's equally, if not more nervous than they are.
0: Yeah. And that's a good point too. Like there is that kind of narrative floating around that the Oilers are playing with house money right now. Right? Like you won two rounds, even if you lose this series, the season is still largely a success for you. And I know some people might be like, oh, that's not enough with Connor McDavid, blah, blah, blah. But like, if you lose this series in six or seven games, the 2021, 22 campaign goes down as a really solid building block for this team. And that. It's not really a luxury. The Abs have like, you're right. They do have a pretty substantial amount of pressure facing them here because the goal for them is not to win around win two, win three. It's to win four. It's to have a Stanley cup banner hanging up in the rafters here. And, and this also has the feel of, you know, maybe their window starts to close a little bit after this playoff run. So the it Abs does. are facing a ton of pressure.
2: It does. Oh, you yeah. look at no- not not going to be able to stick around next year. No. He's going to be priced out. Um, You look at McKinnon on probably one of the nicest contracts in the league. I think he's got one more. And then that's going to, that's going to change dramatically for them. This is like, this isn't their last chance. This isn't their last kick at the can, but this is probably the last opportunity they're going to have with a team this good, at least on paper.
1: Yeah, I, I just think also when you combine the fact that Connor and Leon are playing out of their mind, Vander Kane's red hot, Zach Hyman red hot. The Oilers have some weapons here that can take advantage of this. I think it's very interesting that there's a lot of Colorado fans. I was just cruising Twitter this morning that basically have this thing rubber stamped to the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't know if that's the best idea because there we was heard a lot the of same thing against Calgary, thought, man. Yeah, I was gonna yep. say we heard the exact same thing from a lot of Flames fans, especially after Game One. This isn't gonna be that easy. And if you look at the lineup straight across, yeah, I think the, the Avalanche have a little bit of upside on defense, especially, you know, Kael McCarr's yep. a ridiculous hockey player. But if you look at what's going on in net, I'm calling that even. If not, okay. uh, if not better for the Oilers with the way Mike yep. Smith's battled. If you look at the forwards, the top six, again, that's pretty even. So to Tyler's point, down the further down the roster, we need the bottom six, middle six. We need those guys to make sure that they're contributing positively, even if that means not giving up goals against because we know the Connor and the Leons, the McKinnons, the Rantonans, all the Ranton only has one goal in the playoffs. They're gonna get their points slash goals. How many can you keep off the board? And I think that's gonna be a big story in this in this series. Yeah, I'm,
3: not, me, I'm the- worried. About- Go, go ahead, Dan. The experts there. That's what's getting me is is all these different reasonings as to why the Oilers are going to not good. put up a fight in this battle. Um, Connor off. Know, the matchups, the matchups that we had were never as good as anybody else's, even though it seems strange to me to say that about Colorado's matchups. Um our goaltending, yeah it's weird that Kemper is, is listed as this, you know, superior goalie and it's just not the case. So yeah, I'm with you bag milk. I think that there's a little bit extra swagger coming out of Colorado and that's good. Keep having that swagger. And when the Oilers knock them around for a game, you know, whether it's game one or game two, and we take one of those first two home games from Colorado, I think they have a different tune, just like flames fans did. And just like all the experts did after game two.
1: Another thing there too, is Colorado really hasn't had any adversity so far in these playoffs. And if the Oilers can come out and God willing, steal a game in Colorado, all of a sudden the outlook on this series changes, they walked through Nashville. No problem. They won. They lost what one game, two games in against St. Louis. Like, so what they had no adversity. If the Oilers can dish them something different, who knows what can happen. They almost got pushed.
2: They almost got pushed to seven against St. Louis. Very they scored under five seconds left in the third period on a relative, not the greatest goal in the world. They almost got the pushed to seven against St. Louis.
3: The adversity that they faced is what Nazim Kadri has faced off of the ice for his actions on yeah. the ice that he continues to get in trouble with. And I, I give credit to the Colorado Avalanche for creating a very, you know, they created a, a really good storyline for that team around that. And that helped Kadri moving forward. But. I think that that's uh, I think that that's a great point by you, Beg Milk. That there isn't just a ton of there's not a lot of there's not a lot of adversity. There's not a lot of checks and balances that have happened to this Colorado team yet. Edmonton should give them some checks and balances. Uh,
1: another thing too is you, since you brought up Nazem Kadri, you know he's going to be annoying in this series. And just mm-hmm. like a guy like Kachuk was last round, if you can kind of ignore him leave him be and just try to defend against what he can do offensively. I think that's going to pay dividends for the Oilers too, because Kadri is at his best when he is under your skin and doing what they can to ignore him as best as they can is also going to pay off dividends for well, the Oilers, just like it did against Kachuk.
3: Yep. And it's a, it's a self-regulation too, as a fan base, we have to be, you know, you have to be cognizant of the stuff. We saw it with St. Louis, the, you know, the fringe parts of the fan base get, get their fingers into something and they say some awful things. We can't do that. Can't have that happen, but you have to, yeah, you have to keep your cool when it comes to Kadri because he is the person that has a propensity to do stuff. We saw it this year alone when he took Darnell Nurse's helmet off in overtime.
1: Listen, he's the kind of player that he's one of those ones where you, you take him on your team him, in a second. You have him on your team yeah. any day of the
2: week. I'd so. take him on this team yeah. in a second. Maybe not 100%. at each mill, but. Yeah, well, not his next contract, <laughs> fair. <Yeah>. Current deal, <laughs> yes. He's one of those things <laughs> yeah, right that now. Where-
1: the best way to limit him is the is to try and leave him alone.
2: Yep, play the puck in their end, but and he is now relatively useless.
0: And if if Jared Bednar does decide to go with the. Kadri shutdown line against McDavid, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if McDavid can get a couple early good scoring chances, beat Kadri a couple of times, if they can frustrate him, I wonder if that leads to sort of a parade to the box as well. We've seen Kadri over his time with the Leafs and even with the Avs to some extent, you know, he'll, he'll take dumb penalties. You can goad him into doing that stuff. And I'm not saying irritate him after the whistle, poke him after the whistle to do it. I'm saying just beat him. Like just get scoring chances on him, frustrate him, and you could that could result in some power play chances, which would be huge.
1: If the Oilers can get burn him on the power play, that's going to go really nicely. But at the counterpoint, the Oilers also have to stay out of the box because Colorado's power play is lights out good so far (laughs) through two routes. So it goes both ways here. Try and ignore the extra shit, get them in the box, but. For a guy like Vader Kane, I'm looking at you, pal. You need need to keep your cool a little bit as well here.
2: Yeah. We just need to go out and play our game. We can't concentrate on who's on the ice for them at any given time. Go out and play our game. We're in this point right now. We're in the top four for a reason. Because they are one of the best teams in the league. Whether people outside this city want to admit it, whether people inside the city want to admit it, they have proven themselves so far this year that they are as good as we, at least I think they are. Um, They need to go out and play their game. And at that point, whether you win, lose, or draw, you'll be happy with it, with 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 where you were. Uh Thanks. Leave
1: it all on the field or on the ice, I guess. Like this is going to be a fun series. There's going to be a lot of offense. The Oilers. I know the regular season doesn't mean shit, so don't
2: at me. But But like, Oilers played them
1: really well this year.
2: We learned so much in the regular season. These guys, with the ups and downs, they've had their hearts broken, sort of, kinda. They've gone through injuries. They've gone through adversity. They've had the ups. They have learned a lot in that regular season, and this is why they can get through a, a, a series against Calgary where nobody believes in them, where that first game looked so damn bad. Like mm-hmm. these guys are not untouched. Like they're not, they're, they're tough one right now. You're not going to be able to get in their head.
1: it will be a tough series from start to finish. But again, I think this is going to be a tough one. If I was a betting man, which I am, I'm betting on a long one. Yeah. regardless of how it goes. I, I think I just can't see a scenario where this is a short one.
2: <laughs> but ultimately, six, we'll baby. see. I feel, I feel like this is... You could have said that at the very beginning of the Calgary series, too.
1: I think I did say that. The <laughs> Probably. The
2: but <laughs> so then there's the thing face. is
1: that the Oilers got the job done. Yep. And they've got a bigger task ahead of them right now yep. in Colorado. But ultimately, I believe they can get the job done again. His team is playing like the best that they have
3: all season. Yeah. Blake Coleman also kicked that puck in and it was already going in. So that's on him.
2: (laughs) But tell me, you don't feel a little bit of storybook with these guys right now. Yeah. The coaching change, the the, the incredible start, the absolute flat tire in the middle. Uh, You've got the three rookies, the uh, triple headbutt. those guys like to get into like, it's just, there's so many good things coming right now.
1: So many good things just like what you would get from DoorDash if you decide to order Oodle Noodle with our friends at DoorDash. Bring it right to your door. Ding dong. Excellent. Work that right in there. Um, any other keys to victory for the Edmonton Oilers as we face get set for game one
0: of the Western Conference Finals? In. Win. Win, 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 win.
2: Score <laughs> more goals, can, man! It's, it's that just simple. Just win, baby. Just go out and play your game, and I think we'll be okay.
0: Can Can I tell you about the pretzel I've worked myself into over at Daily Faceoff? Of course. I love so. Pencils. I do love a good pretzel as well. So at the beginning of the playoffs, we all had to submit our brackets, all the content people at daily face off. So I put together my bracket and I was like, okay, you don't want to come off as too much of a Homer, your daily face off your M Chuck here. So I had the (laughs) Oilers beating the flames in round two and going to the conference finals. And I was like, do I pick them? Do I not? And I was like, no, Tyler, come on. The Avs are very good. Conference finals is a great year. The Avs will go to the final. I've Avs Rangers as my cup final pick from the start. Wow. Yeah. But now my issue is I'm sitting here. And if you gave me a do-over, I would pick Edmonton Tampa to be this Stanley cup final, but I can't go back on what I said before, because then I would just look like a bit of a hypocrite. And like, I'm just jumping all over the place. So I don't know what to do. I think the Oilers can win this series, but I regrettably in my daily face-off picks had to take abs in seven, but I did it in seven so that the Oilers win in seven. I could at least be as close.
2: When you first started that, who did you have the Rangers beating in this series? Florida.
0: Oh. Missed it by one. <laughs> so close.
1: Another so interesting close. thing about this series for me is that since Jay Woodcroft took over, mm-hmm. the records on both sides are nearly identical.
3: Yeah. So
2: you are a good team.
3: The
1: Oilers are a really good team. They're getting the most out of all their guys right now. And another interesting aspect, just to wrap up the delicious debate, I suppose is how can you quiet down Kale McCarr? because he's going to add a flavor from the back end that the Oilers just haven't seen yet. They haven't had anybody in LA or Calgary that are like him. For me, the best thing you can possibly do is force him to defend as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I was listening to Struddy on Gregor's show yesterday, and he's like, and make his life difficult. He's got wheels, but stand in his way. Hit him. Hit him, stand in his way, make life difficult. He is playing a ton of minutes for Colorado on the back end right now. Yeah. So that's going to be an you got to You got
2: you to gotta think he's going to be eating a lot of minutes here coming up. It's no different than what we see with
3: Connor McDavid often for me, I think is you got to get the stick into that three foot area right in front of him where he likes to handle the puck while he's moving fast. You get your stick in there and take away his stick. And then he has problems when Connor gets engaged. It's it's because a player has engaged his stick in that stick handling area of his speed.
1: Tyler, what do you think about shutting down the car?
0: Yeah, like it'll be interesting. There's a couple of ways I want to go about this. One, he moves so well. And Struddy made an interesting point because I heard that on the radio too of get him moving towards his backhand side. Like you need to be very cognizant of the direction in which you're pressuring him when you're coming down on him, because if you can get him working to his backhand, it's just going to limit his ability to make crisp breakout passes. And it might even limit his ability to carry the puck up the ice. So making sure you're just whenever he's on the ice, someone's got to be glued on him and you can't make mistakes because he's such a... Good skater, and he's so talented with the puck that if you make a mistake, he'll burn you on it, right? And you obviously can't take penalties on the guy, but you need to make sure someone's always on him. The other side of this is we saw the Oilers have success against Calgary when it got to run and gun, right? back and forth and back and forth and odd man rushes. Think of all the odd man rush goals the Oilers scored in that series. You know, it was Dreisaitl and Hyman in game two, both finding the back of the net. Like, they just have a tendency when it's a three-on-two or a two-on-one. The Oilers are pretty dangerous. If Makar gets a little bit too caught up in jumping up in the rush and the Oilers, with their blue line, can just swing pucks back the other way, I actually think that might favor Edmonton in a weird way. Like, yeah, let McCarr come up in the rush a little bit, contain them, but but let him think he's got some room, and then snap the puck back the other way. Let a two-on-one go, and and see if you can you know find the back of the net that way.
2: We have some guys who can make those passes too. Duncan Keith has been great at making those passes this year. Darnell Nurse can outskate half those guys, and we all know what Bush can do when it comes to moving the puck
0: yeah and and, you know transition game that second pairing worries me a little bit because you're right they can move the puck like keith snaps the puck up the ice very well bouchard does a very good job of it but those two struggle sometimes off the rush and again if it's McCarr and mckinnon on the ice against them i kind of sit there and i'm like deep breath like gulp that that might be a little bit of a problem
2: if you can just cover like the the key if you will in front of the net not let When they're coming down the rush, kind of force them outside a little bit and then kind of go behind the net and let them go around the perimeter all day long. Yeah, That's probably the best you're going to get. And if you're going to give up shots, give them up from outside that grade A scoring opportunity. You can't let them get to the middle. That's the big thing. Mm -hmm.
0: That's fair.
1: It's going to be a big challenge. The Avs got a lot of players that can score. They got a lot of players that can play. But I mean, so do the others. So I think... What's the play
0: here, boys? We betting the over or what? So the under hit in two of their three games this year. That is true. But the playoffs are a different beast.
2: If you watch. So I remember watching a lot of college football when they'd have two like massively high offensive game uh, teams going for the finals. And the, the number would be something ridiculous, like 72 and a half or something like that. Both coaches went in there thinking extra defense and kept the scoring really, really low. I I don't know you can do that here. I think these offenses are just too good. I don't think the defenses are good enough to keep them down. I'm thinking the over more often than not.
1: Dan, what do you think? If you were a betting man, are you looking at goals here? Are you going over or under?
3: What is the line again, sorry? Is it six and, six and, half? and a half? Yeah. yeah, six and a half. I, I would say over. it's, I think it's over, but it's like not by much. I'm, I'm kind of with Rick in the sense that like, yeah, when you expect offense, it doesn't usually show up that same way. It's I think that there's going to be offense. I just don't think it's going to be insanity. But who knows? I
2: think we could have more goals in the last series. I I could see
3: that happening for the throughout the series for sure. I just don't think in game one. I I I think that that was
2: absolute <laughs> nonsense. I, I want to know what your game one prediction was for the for the BOA. Then was it the same thing? because that was ridiculous we saw
0: I said I would have leaned towards the under for game one I was like I said the same thing I was like listen you know we think it's going to be crazy back and forth I think these two sides are just going to feel each other out and it'll be a low scoring event so don't listen to fucking me at least
1: I bet well, the under in game five thinking <laughs> I'm like surely we're going to have like a quieter game but it just yeah. doesn't happen
3: then uh, yeah one minute and 11 seconds into the second period that went <laughs>
2: <laughs> and this can that same thing can happen this series, and I can I can I can oh, see yeah, that
3: that's happens. that's yeah, 100%. It, I think it's gonna, gonna be a roller coaster,
2: record. it's gonna be a roller coaster on our hearts. This with this, uh, oh, the yeah. next mm, two weeks here, boys.
1: What do you
0: think? Well, what do you think,
1: Uh, do you think oh, yeah. goes power versus power, McKinnon versus McDavid, or do you think he goes with his hit with the cadre line against McDavid?
0: I think he's going to go with the Kadri line, and I think like right now at Daily Faceoff, they have Lekanen on the top line. I think Lekkonen slides down to the second line, and he'll try to just build up a shutdown line early on. He'll go Lekkonen, Kadri, and Rantanen, and he'll move Nachushkin up and try to have a big, powerful, still speedy line with McKinnon, Landeskog, and Nachushkin, and he'll run them out against Nuge. The other line gets the big guns.
1: I guess that'll be their insurance policy, just like you can get from our friends at Cornerstone Insurance. If you check them out at cornerstoneins.ca, there you'll find all the products you could ever hope to insure in your life, and I encourage you to do so. Citizens of the Nation get themselves a little discount. You click on the About button. And there it is, right on the left-hand side or under the About drop-down menu. Citizens of the Nation. Get yourself a discount at cornerstoneins.ca. For you guys personally, we are now, as we're recording this, about four hours out from puck drop. How's the stress levels?
2: I'm just, good. You're good, Rick? Yeah. Like, I'm excited. I'm anxious yeah. to get going. But I'm not I'm not near as worried as I was in game one against LA for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've come out. We've proven what we can do. And as long as we play our game, we can play with any other team in this league. I think we are going to. I just see no reason why we wouldn't. It's going to be fun. It's going to be action-packed. And I can't wait to drop the damn puck.
0: I'm, I'm, Dan, anxio- you do, oh, sorry, ahead, I'm anxious, but I'm not nervous. Because for me, this is gravy. This has been such a fun run. There's already been so many great moments. Like, I would love for this to end in a Stanley Cup. Obviously, who wouldn't, right? Like, that's that goes without saying. But right now, I'm just like, this is so cool that we got to see them in the conference finals this year. I'm anxious for the game to start and for the outcome because I really want to see how this plays out. But I'm not so much nervous anymore because, again, it's like house money in a weird way.
3: Dan, how are you feeling? Listen, since game six of the LA series, I have ascended above the stress. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what happened. Uh, Something happened up until that game. I was very nervous for every game. But after that, I, after that, I, I feel like I'm out of my body watching everyone else stressed beyond belief, and I'm just calm and cool and collected. Even when we were down six to one, I was just chilling and vibing against Calgary. And I mean, that's Calgary. So for me, This is absolutely, I'm, I'm 100% with you, Tyler. When I hopped on this roller coaster, I wasn't saying, Oh, I hope it doesn't end soon. I was saying, I can't wait for how this is going to go and we're still on it. We're still riding those highs and dipping into those lows and we'll have some more fun doing it together. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm super chill.
1: Anybody uh, develop any, we were talking about this yesterday on better late than never I. Had Wanye on, and we were talking about superstitions. Anybody got anything coming or bubbling up as the playoffs has gone through?
0: Oh no, I'm saving one of these for hot and cold performers. Never mind. There's a couple of like. Parts of my
3: outfits that I've removed from the circulation, like I don't include anymore. I didn't wear anything <laughs> red for the entire series against Calgary. I've relaxed that a little bit against Colorado because red really isn't their thing. <laughs>
0: well, you uh, don't have a lot of burgundy clothing you're putting away have. in storage for the next two weeks. <laughs> Strangely
3: <laughs> enough, I don't have any burgundy clothing. So, yeah, no, know just little things here and there. But like I said, ascended above the stress.
1: Rick, what do you got?
2: I've gone like you guys know me. I can get pretty jacked up for some of these games. So in LA, I was like full bore head to toe. The big fat chain. Game one didn't work so well. So I reduced it just to like one of my oiler shoes and a jersey and a hat, whatever. Uh, Game one against Calgary, I brought up the big fat chain again. That didn't work so well. So I've just been sticking to, you know, keeping it simple. I got the oiler shoes on, got the uh, whichever jersey won last game. So right now we're still rolling with the 13. Um, other than that, same hat, same, sh- nah, yeah, but that's about it though. Nothing, nothing too crazy.
1: I think the interesting one for me is that now I feel compelled to, like, I, I felt like I needed a change for game six against Los Angeles. So I shaved off what I little playoff beard I had. And now the only game the Oilers have lost since then was game one against Calgary when I did not. So now I feel like I have to, so I've got four hours to get that job done. You better get that done. I also... I've been sitting in the exact same spot in my house. I also went and got a, another fresh bottle of red wine because the red wine was flowing during game five and it worked out nicely. So yeah, I get a little kooky out here. But ultimately, we all have to do our part. And I think that's the most important thing in the playoffs. I love some of the stories that are coming out too. There's a guy that left a voice message on my podcast where he talked about he has to now have a Lime Slurpee Every single game because he had them starting in game two against the Flames, so now he feels compelled to do a lime slurpee every game. And if you're listening to this, I want to know what your superstitions are. Hit us up, Owen Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We'll read some of those out when we come back on Friday, hopefully with the weather's
2: up. I want, I want to know, know how. I want to know how much they change after an L, though. Like are you just swapping out a jersey? Are you just are you fixing everything? Is that dude like no slurpy at all? Nothing cold. Is he going I'll to be a honest, coffee Rick. next time?
3: I could go eight games or so without finding out. I'm just saying. We could <laughs> yeah. just
1: not find yep. <laughs> <laughs> out how it is. Uh, yep.
2: well, I'd like I mean, to see us yeah, wrap mean, this, this up bit, before. Come on. Yeah, yeah, like, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you know after the next loss and just never hit a loss. And there, there you it go. is.
0: Boom. Boom, boom. If you're making
1: a if you're making a series prediction, boys, what do you got? Obviously, Colorado, very good team. Second best record in the NHL, but we just saw the best record in the NHL get swept aside in the last one. So what are you thinking here? I've got Withers in seven.
2: Withers Withers
1: in six. Oh, that'd be a nice win
0: at home. Tyler, what do you got? Um, So I think they split the first two in Colorado. (laughs) Is he he daily face off? (laughs) (laughs) Ah. Ah. They split two in Colorado. They'll split two in Edmonton. Colorado wins Edmonton forces seven with their backs against the wall in game six with like an OT win. It'll just be electric and we won't sleep for days. Um, and then I, like I said it at daily face off. So whatever, I'll be the enemy here. I'll say abs in seven and it's a hell of a year, but it, it, the run ends.
1: You can send your hate mail to Tyler at OilersNation.com.
0: Yeah. And that's actually my email too. So sometimes people follow through (laughs) on the shit you tell them to do. And I'll get like random (laughs) shits in my inbox. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, with that said, then I encourage you to send your hate mail and nudes to Tyler <laughs> yes. at oilersnation.com. Come on,
0: mother seducer!
1: He really <laughs> wants to see them. He will give you an accurate judgment. No, I won't. He will give you a some notes on your on your on your pube game.
0: Nope, I get your number or I get your email and your info, and I you get put on a list.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there you have it. Oh, well, I'm excited. Again, four hours. Lots of time. What do we think about the six o'clock starts? Oh, I love it. It's just the only people I feel bad for is the ones with real jobs where they actually have to like commute home from an office (laughs) or whatever. So I hope if you're a boss in Edmonton or boss of an Oilers fan, come on, man, let them go. This is the playoffs. This is the Western conference finals. And if you need a unlicensed doctor's note to get out of work tomorrow, Uh because you had a couple of wobblies at our game one viewing party at the pint downtown, woo hit me up bag milk at I will craft you a letter. I don't know if it'll work or not, but I'll absolutely do it.
0: And if you uh, want something to do for game two, I'm hosting the watch party at pint white on Thursday. You
2: Why'd go. you turn your, your microphone upside down for this part? I don't know. I'm just kind
0: of drop a friend. fidgety.
2: Okay. Just second. I, 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 I was trying to make a TikTok. He's trying to make I didn't a know a what was going there. on there. I get fidgety too. So I, 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 I can't know. say I'm much. Sure. Yeah, I'm. Very I'm actually surprised
1: here. that I feel pretty calm. Like I'm anxious to get going, but I was way more nervous ahead of Game One against Calgary. Way more nervous. Not really close, in fact
0: i yeah and like especially i would say the most nervous i think i was was heading into game four against calgary like after game one they lost and i was like shit like this is not going well and remember frank came on our podcast and was like if anyone can make this a short series it's <laughs> the flames anyone like, and he right?
2: wanted to change his answer he's like if i could yeah. i take change my answer to yeah. calgary in five right now
0: yeah so i uh i i After game one, I was still sitting there like, hey, you're not in trouble till you lose at home. If you win game two, you're loving your start. That's what happened. Game two, I was like, okay... Like you had the win on the road. Just take care of business. I wasn't nervous. Game four against Calgary, for whatever reason, I was just beyond nervous. I was like, if they fuck this up and it's 2-2 going back to Calgary, you just lost all your momentum. You're in trouble. Uh, Right now, I'm not nervous. And I won't be nervous, I don't think, before game two. If they're down 2-0 and they're playing in Edmonton, you know, knock on wood that that doesn't happen, obviously, then I'll probably be nervous. But for right now, I just want to enjoy the hockey. Get on my level. Part of
1: this. I think a big part of this is if you got to get a split in Colorado, you got to change the outcome of the series, just like they did in Calgary, you know, because once that happened, home ice advantage don't mean shit anymore. And you I also get in a... their
2: head. Yes, of course. Colorado, that's does what I'm not, talking about. Colorado does not want to lose this. If Colorado comes out and plays to not lose, they're in big trouble.
3: We, even so if I we agree. lose the first two games, we reverse sweep
2: them. Oilers san and six. jose 2006 oilers in six san Play jose 2000- 2006 played san Jose lost the first two won the next seven there you go we don't need no logic just keep going the greatest <laughs> player in the world man
3: <laughs> i love Fair it enough i'm all for it just like i don't know like like isn't it just fun to be able yeah. to do this like we have we haven't had to Fantastic. stop it doing is. podcasts after like Three days, like we get to talk <laughs> to each other. We we see Oilers' jerseys on the sidewalk every day still. That's like great. oh man, it's an this, unbelievable time to be alive.
2: This city is alive. I know your M trucks usually in bed by like nine thirty, especially these six o'clock games. You might have Ooh. time, you might be able to do that again. But I promise you, as a dude who has to be up till <laughs> god awful times in the morning, this city's alive right now. It doesn't matter if it's a Tuesday, a Thursday, a Saturday, a Sunday. It don't matter. This city's feeling it.
1: Without question. It's... yeah. I would just had... Right before we started, I just had a quick errand to run. And I went probably four or five blocks. That's, that's it. I just went to the bank and then to grab a coffee. And the amount of cars and vehicles that have their flags out, and just the big Oilers flags on hockey sticks out the boxes of trucks. This city's alive and it's fun and it's a great time to be here. And also, I'm super pumped for the hospitality businesses that just They needed this. And I'm super pumped to see bars full, restaurants full. Went to book a reservation for dinner on the weekend. Not really thinking that there's a game on Saturday. You can't get a reservation anywhere on Saturday
3: night. (laughs) Perfect. awesome. Did you check the red mile? I I think they have vacancies on the red mile. I'm pretty
0: sure
1: it's pretty empty right now. I'll check with Princey.
0: I'll find you a table, buddy.
2: I know you
3: would. Oh,
0: uh, you, you got a guy. Yo, it'll be like uh would. it'll be like you that know, one when guy. fancy people get like in the back by the chef. It'll just be bagged milk eating dinner at the pint <laughs> in the cooler. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, the I chef know. Table. oh that's yeah, fine.
1: No I'll problem. just sit on that little stool right there that, that's in the back yeah, by the skit. No it's, problem. It's actually I'll just two empty tray? Tray? cakes. Just two oh, empty yeah, cakes
3: stacked onto
2: each other. I'll just flip a hoodie inside out.
1: I'll just flip a hoodie backwards and just eat right out of the of the business end of the hoodie. That's I don't need a table.
2: No problem. We'll get some chicken okay. wings in there for you.
1: Fuck yeah. Excellent.
2: Uh, it's time to check in
1: on Ask the Idiots for our friends at Buster's Pizza. Check them out at busterspizza.ca. There's a location near you. Whether you want, maybe you want a doner tonight for the game. Maybe you want some pizza. Whatever you need. They've got it for you. I've seen a pasta deal right here. It looks delicious. A little garlic bread and some wings. Come on. Everybody's having a good time with that. Check them out at busterspizza.ca. Ask the Idiots if you don't know how the bit works. You guys submit the questions. The boys haven't seen them. I'll get their first take on everything. And I'm going to start with Tyler's up first on my screen. Question number one, ask the idiots, Tyler, what will be Jay Woodcroft's biggest challenge in facing the abs?
0: It will come. hmm, ah, That's a great question. Jay Woodcroft's biggest challenge in facing the abs. I think it will be putting together a second line that can, that can go toe-to-toe with the Nathan McKinnon line. That'll be the challenge for the first two games. You know, if you got McDavid going out there against the Cadre and whoever line, Lacken and Rantanen, you're probably going to win that matchup. I feel pretty confident in that. It's far from a guarantee that a line with Nugent Hopkins and whoever finds a way to go toe-to-toe with a Nathan McKinnon line and wins. But if Woodcroft can find the right trio and have them play the right way against McKinnon, it's it's huge. It's massive. So that's challenge for that's the biggest challenge for Woody.
3: Dan was the biggest challenge for Jay Woodcroft. Well, it's a, it's one that always seems to come up. And so I believe that it'll just probably be something that comes up here. It's Jay Woodcroft's ability to keep this team disciplined. You know, young coaches always get that knock that they don't have the respect of the room and they can't get the guys to stop doing the the stupid things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talked about it with Kadri. We talked about it with this team in general that, that, uh, you know, it's been bubbling, I think for a guy like Evander Kane underneath the surface, he seems to be, he seems to be taking a lot of uh, a lot of shots after the whistle and he's been able to, keep it under under uh control for now but i think that that's going to be the biggest issue for woodcroft is just some disciplinary stuff
1: rick what are you thinking
2: uh you know that's tough man i mean if if, if colorado gets out to a, a bit of a lead whether it be a scoreboard or kind of about playing yeah he's got to find a way to um juggle his top nine in order to just find the best um, matchup possible whether that's playing you know the, uh, the super duper line together or splitting them up or doing what it's going to be up to him to make sure that if we fall behind either in the gameplay or on the board that he's got a secondary uh, solution game plan to stop the bleeding and get us back at, uh, uh, to, to uh, like an even, even keel with them.
1: My thought would be for Jay Woodcroft. Just, you know what, man, trust your instincts. So far, when you felt that adjustments needed to be made, whether that's sitting some guys on the bench, whether that's shuffling your lines a little bit, whether it's adjusting your D pairings, trust your instincts. And I think the pressure rises as the playoffs wear on, but he's got all kinds of skills and ability to communicate with this team that has turned the season around and got them to this point. So trust your instincts, Woody. You got a whole city behind you. Maybe come up with a... Another power stance that we can meme to death. That'd be nice. Uh, that could be a challenge since he is given us so many good ones already in his tenure. But lots to like about Jay Woodcroft. I think this is going to be great for him. I look forward to seeing what he does against the Avalanche team because he was he found a way to shut down Calgary's top line. They were very good in the regular season, basically non-existent in round two. Can he do it again? That's going to be a big challenge for him. And I believe he is up for it. Question number two, ask the idiots. Rick, I'm starting with you on this one. I was thinking. The dude, bear with me. This is a little bit of a long one. I was thinking about the concept of a dynasty team and wondered what your takes are or what constitutes a dynasty, like Chicago or LA. They won two, three cups. Is that enough? What about the Penguins? They won three with Crosby, albeit many years apart. What do you guys consider a dynasty?
2: Three in a row. Um. Yeah, you got it. It's got to be at least three in a row. I guess you could do. So, uh, three out of four is probably good. I don't know if three out of five is good enough. Three in a row for sure. You got to like, you got to beat the eighties Oilers. That's kind of like eighties Oilers. Uh, we use di- We use dynasty too easily. Like in my lifetime. Yeah, I agree. I've got the bulls. I've got the Oilers. I've got the, ah, oh, it's going vomit, but it's got the Patriots. Um, <laughs> And then maybe the Yankees from the, and then the the Yankees from the, uh, the the mid nineties.
0: Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Like 96 to whatever.
2: Um, I'm not, I'm not given to the Red Wings. They were great. Avalanche. No, I, yeah, no, I think those are the only teams I can think of on top of my head in my lifetime, at least. And what
3: constitutes a dynasty for you? for me, it's a team that feels like it defines a generation. So um, I know that's a very, like, it's a very, that's interesting (laughs) galaxy brain kind of thought process. But yeah, like when I think of the nineties, I think of the Detroit Red Wings. When I think of the eighties, I think of the Edmonton Oilers and, and you know, like Rick said, when I think of the two thousands, I think of the new England Patriots. If you start to look outside of our sport. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, like when I, for me, it's, it's just a, it's a feeling that I have. And yeah, I, I, I assume that this question, is kind of leaning towards are the Tampa Bay light in a dynasty if they win a third one this time. And I think you start to probably think of them as the dynasty of the COVID era at least.
1: Holy shit, there's a big fucker hornet in my house.
3: Get out of here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I said anything too outrageous. Holy I was like, Oh whoa. My
1: god, this thing is a fucking pterodactyl
0: in my house. Can you believe Holy get some, shit? Get Man's some footage to get go some that footage. Far? Bag Milk is very upset about dynasty. Gold <laughs> of
1: the
3: 10th Bay Lightning.
1: Uh, Tyler, what constitutes a dynasty for you? Oh yeah, I'll God. go
2: with oh like a God. mishmash fuck of you, their... Fuck <laughs> you.
0: <laughs> Bag <Bank> Milk's gone.
2: <laughs> he shed the years. He's out of yeah. here. Uh,
0: for me, it'll be a mix of the two where... Like yeah, define the era and you gotta win a lot. And for me nowadays it's it's so hard to just find teams who are gonna ever win. Like he's yelling hard in the background. Find he's teams. coming back,
2: he's coming back with a little blood on his face and no yeah. shirt. Um
0: oh he used the notebook to kill it. Anyways, I think the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> Look at this thing. Oh, you got it. Oh, that's fucked. Don't wow. show me that. It is gnarly. Get <laughs> <laughs> that off the screen. <laughs> oh that that's huge, huge. I, missed it. I missed it let me see oh, oh there I, it is
1: oh. <laughs> that thing is fucking gigantic <laughs>
2: yeah. i want to talk about tyler's reactions right now this is just uh, like a hornet or a bee or something like man, not a bee quite sorry dead, world. tyler not a bee it's just like a little bash uh, like not that nothing rough. like horrific this Sting this vision. at
3: all you're not yeah. gonna get stung through the camera <laughs> i know but tyler's it. Oh, look i am at the emperor of death <laughs> I can't tell whose reaction is more outrageous. Beg Milk's initial, oh my God, <laughs> or
0: Tyler's grossed out. Oh, that just grosses me out so much. Anyways, yeah, the Blackhawks, I considered those, the team that went three and six of <laughs> Dynasty.
3: <laughs> There's daily face-off Tyler
1: finishing
2: yeah. the answer off. Oh, I uh, feel like I feel like Brett's going to get some uh, inf- some ammo out of this one. Yeah. Uh, I,
1: Surveyor I, Brett, clip as needed, buddy. I'm just, I'm the emperor of death. There <laughs> is, uh, there was a murder in my house, and I just committed it
2: <laughs> are you the new are you the new leader of that pack now oh i'm
1: the alpha i'm the alpha and the omega that thing Get was the so out big and
3: so bloody or like I, m- that mash not bloody like mash ugh. that may be a personal message to me bag milk i did burn a paper wasp nest with a wasp in it yesterday so <laughs> sorry about that
1: <laughs> uh, so i don't know what tyler's answer was <laughs> yeah uh, it wasn't that I good had, don't worry. I had, I, had, I had matters to attend to uh, um
0: what I a, constitutes oh, a
1: dynasty? I don't know. Like <laughs> the Bulls, that's when I think of a dynasty, I think of the Chicago Bulls, you know. I mean, how could you not? But if if Tampa wins this year, if they manage to get three in a row, I'm calling that. Like nobody does that anymore. So
2: dude, if they get three in a row and he and he goes from Patty Three Pete to Patty Four Pete, good lord.
1: Oh, that I'd dude's be so gonna party like, that. like
2: no one's business.
1: Yep, yeah. Uh another note, Tyler. I gotta wash a window here.
2: <laughs> really? It's <laughs> <laughs> rattled still.
1: Third question. Ask the idiots. This one's just a fun one. This is just a guess, boys. Based on what you know of the guys, which Oiler can you see most likely being a GM down the line?
3: Oh, it's gotta be Brendan Perlini. Has it not with his, with his absolute, just like, like just Ted Lasso kind of speech that he had there. I assume he's got to have some kind of good thoughts away from the game. He spends enough time there. Tyler, who you got?
0: Uh, So like, I mean, usually, usually the guys who make that jump to being a GM are guys who had some sort of clout and star power. Right. You think about Iserman and you know Joe Newendike's. Are you saying Brendan Perlini exactly. isn't a star? Yes, that's actually exactly what oh. I'm saying. Um <laughs> if he's interested in it, I could Dude, nice. maybe see a guy like Duncan Keith being someone who like goes into a front office role and and his name carries enough clout where he can work up the ranks quicker than maybe you'd expect. Um, and he's already a vet. So maybe a guy like that, like I don't think McDavid or Dreis had to really seem like the type Nuge doesn't really seem like the type who's going to go and like dedicate the 20 years after his playing career to like grinding it out as a GM. So I'll go with a guy like Keith.
1: I'm going to say, obviously I have no idea, but I'm going to say Zach Hyman. He just seems incredibly intelligent. You know, author, he already is the CEO of that gaming company. I could see him just having the brains to to put together something special. I I have nothing to base that on. Obviously, I don't know him, but Zach Hyman gets my vote.
2: Um, Snooge. Snooge. If he wants to do it, he, he, just, he, he does things so well. He, he's very patient, he's very calm. You see the way he's handled his whole career here. Uh, it's very positive. It's very forward looking. And, uh, if that's something he wants to do, I think he'd probably be the, uh, the man to do it.
1: I believe in new Joeys. He could be running a pony empire by then, but we will see what happens.
2: All right, boys. Pony, there's your ponies three don't qu- run in the winter.
1: That is true. Uh, there's your three questions for ask the idiots for the Tuesday edition of a nation radios. So we got Woodcroft's biggest challenge. What constitutes a dynasty and which oiler is the future GM Tyler who gets the vote?
0: I kind of like the Woodcroft's biggest challenge one. I'm going with that one. It was a really good hockey question.
2: Rick. Dynasty. Dan. Do it. Oh. Do
3: it. <laughs> I'm going to say the Woodcroft question. <laughs>
1: there you go. I get to abstain from voting. Dan gets the clinching vote. State oiler
2: themed, Rick. That's all. To Blake. And I wanted to see you make a bag milk, make a decision there. <laughs> nah,
3: <that's fair>. like,
1: <laughs> I, that, yeah. I can make a decision. Do you see how quick I was to react and murder that hornet? Fuck that <laughs> hornet. Uh, okay. So, Blake, I will reach out to you. You just won yourself a GC from our friends at Bostra's Pizza. Enjoy it. Be like Tyler. Get yourself a pregame meal. Mm. Nurse the temple. All right. Uh, real quick before we get into hot, cold performance, wrap up this. Friday, uh, the Tuesday edition of the podcast. Let's look at the other side real quickly. Uh, the Rangers got through game seven last night. They're going to face Tampa. What's everybody thinking that series?
3: Tampa in three. No, I'm just joking. Uh, I think Tampa is going to do well. I like, I haven't seen much of the Rangers, this playoff run myself to know much about them, but you know, I'm Tampa is just a wagon. <laughs>
0: I'm with you. Tampa's an absolute wagon, but I picked the Rangers to make the Cup final from the start, so I have to say Rangers in seven. Don't listen uh, Rick, to me. On brand,
1: <laughs> Rick. What do you what do you see in that other series?
0: You know what? I uh,
2: it's hard to argue against Tampa. Um, five. Tampa and five.
1: I'm mostly excited to see the goalie battle in that one. There's two very good goalies in that series and Shesterkin and Vasilevsky. I think Vasilevsky probably has the advantage just because he's done it before and he just, this seems like old hat to him, but I, I just, I honestly can't see any scenario where New York gets past Tampa.
0: Wow. Well, to gets hurt.
1: Maybe. Yep. 100%. Like but, I but just the Vas- way it is now,
0: I don't know. Vasilevsky sometimes can slip up early in series. And this series starts in New York, and I just kind of think like you know, if you're the Rangers, you should be on a bit of a roll. Tampa's been sitting on the sidelines. The Rangers just come in, juices are flowing, things are hot. They're they're you know they're rolling. Maybe they maybe they win the first two at home, and then you never know.
1: MSG is going to be bumping too. Bumping, you know that.
3: Speaking of dynasties, I mentioned it last night. If the Oilers did happen to go on and play Tampa Bay, they would be ending another dynasty. Just like we did to the Islanders in the 80s. So, of course, storylines are good.
1: Like Rick Shirt says, hope we'll never die, buddy.
3: Never. Yeah.
1: All right. For our friends at Twig and Berries, we're going to look at how should we do the hot, cold performance today, boys? Because we haven't had had any hockey since the last episode.
0: uh, I want to say I, I put out this call on social media and the question was, who is going to be? your uh, your unsung hero pick of the series. So maybe we just all make our hot performers who we think is going to be the unsung hero for the Oilers this round. I don't know what so, we do for cold performers.
2: Who, who, the reverse uh, unsung hero?
0: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be a cold performer. We just come
2: up with our uh The most annoying avalanche. avalanche. Yeah,
0: let's just do our unsung heroes. All
1: right. For our friends at Twig and Berries, go check them out at twigandberries.ca. Use the promo code NATION15. Get a little discount or Head on out to St. Albert. Maybe you see Tyler. He Maybe. might be there. You might be getting around. some fresh undies, just like you should. <laughs> Look good, feel good. That's what our friends at Twig and Berry say. All right, gentlemen, well, let's just do a. Who is your prediction for unsung hero in this series? Again, they haven't had any hockey since the last episode. Who's who? You, who you got, Dan? Who is getting your Western Conference Final Pisani moment? For our friends uh, at Twig and Berry.
3: I'm going to go off the ice. It's going to be a bit of a wild prediction, but I am going to predict that it's the Los Lobos band playing in the moss pit right before game three gets the crowd. Absolutely electric. It doesn't matter if we're down two nothing in that series. I think the Oilers don't lose a game after that. So I'm going to say Los Lobos, the band is going to get my unsung hero of the series. Okay.
2: Okay. I have an issue with this. Not your pick, Dan, but that, that song is a win song Mm -hmm. you can't play it till they win i will not wear Uh the shirt the hoodie or whatever game day till they pull off a w non-game day no problem if you want go right ahead game day you cannot wear it you cannot play it you cannot sing it you cannot do anything like that till you get your w Okay, me. sorry.
3: I'll change my answer to Los no. Lobos <laughs> comes out after the game. No. Yes, <laughs> now we're talking.
1: Shout out to uh, Los Lobos, who doesn't seem like they have anything to do anyway, so they might just be here for the next two weeks, just ready to go
3: with La Bamba at a moment's notice. Residency at Rogers.
1: Yeah, why not? Put them up where the DJ used to be, get the band out of the way, play a little La Bamba after the game. Come on. But only let them
3: out. them out of the room if we win, right? Oh, Rip, oh yeah. Course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. Otherwise they of course. stay back
0: there.
1: Tyler, who is your unsung hero? What's your prediction for our friends at Twig and berries for the Western conference final?
0: I'm going to, Jay's going to love that. I'm doing this. I'm going to will this into existence with Jay Warren Fogle playoff. Warren Fogle. Where are you? My boy, we need you. We need you Fogle. You've done it before with Carolina. You've produced in the playoffs. You got a big body. You skate. Well, you can get physical. You've scored some beauties this year. Playoff Warren Fogle. Now is your time to arrive. Yes, that is my answer. Warren <laughs> Rick distracted me.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> Come on. It's my turn.
1: Rick, hit me up. Who's your unsung hero for our friends at Twickenberries? Oh,
2: I, I hate to distract Tyler by pulling the jersey down, uh-huh. but he's taken steps forwards in the uh, Calgary series after the uh, LA series. He finally got himself a goal. He's getting some uh, some confidence back in his game. He's getting those minutes. Buddy, it's all about thirteen. This one, uh, I think he's going to be a little bit forgotten about by the other team, and I think he has an opportunity to pop some on a uh, on a goaltender who's not all that great. So yes, he Apuliarvi, he's going to be your Fernando Pizzani of this round.
1: For Twig and Berries, my unsung hero of round three. I just want to say Nuge because I believe it. But if I'm going to go lower down the, the lineup or just pick somebody else, I think this is a series where a guy like Yamamoto can make a difference because he is relentless on the puck. He is due for some goals to go in. He's got all kinds of chances. I'd be more worried about him if he wasn't producing chances. but That is not the case. Kaler Yamamoto, I'm counting on you, bro. We need you. And I'm expecting some big goals from him throughout this series. Any other names that kind of stick out since we've been the one pass?
3: No, like McLeod's interesting to me and, and I was yeah. I was gonna say McLeod too, same thing. Just I think I think his speed is gonna become a factor in the yeah. series and shutting down a guy like McCarr.
0: So I put especially a- getting away from some of their bigger players. I put out the call on our social media. Jaden said Jaden Bowton said McLeod. Uh, Yasher says Bison King has a good outing. Uh, Dream Homes with Alex also said it's going to be Ryan McLeod over on our Twitter. We had a couple. Um, the Alberta Jewish News Twitter account said it's going to be Zach Hyman.
1: Of course. Why not?
0: So there you go. Um who else? Zach do Hyman have performs
1: best in the second round. I can't wait to see what he does in the third round. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Orville said it's going to be someone from the third line of McLeod, Puliyarv, and Fogel. Darcy said Hyman. Landon said Kulak or McLeod. And Nick said Cassian. Griffin said Puliyarv. So there you go. That's what the listeners say.
2: I was Cody was- CC not a very high in the points in the very first couple of games in this playoffs?
1: He was. Yeah, he had like what six points in the first round against. Yeah,
2: yeah. watch against another solid. guy right there.
1: Cody Cece, again, like we've pumped his tires a few times over the course of the season after doubting the contract when it was signed, but he has just been so quietly solid for the Oilers on the back end that it's almost amazing that it's the same person that was run out of Toronto not very long ago. You know? I don't know what Dave Manson, he's gonna get an honorary hot performer of the week. I don't know what Dave Manson's doing with those boys on the back end, but it is working, man, because they're playing as best as we possibly could have imagined this group to play. And I'm very excited about the results so far. Yeah. Oh, you know who's another unsung hero that I got to give a shout out to Devin. Shore. You haven't played a fucking minute in these playoffs and yet you're almost as you're just as excited as anybody when the others win. So keep that energy up, big guy. We need you. I like that you're working out during game five, even though you're not playing. I like to see that. And I like to see the celebration after. So Devin, Shore, Keep the energy alive.
0: Even. I also I had a hot performer picked out and it's going to go to Kennedy who uh, her mom was in the States and Kennedy had her bring back some some Bud Light sodas for me to enjoy during the Western Conference final. What a day. Shout out to Kennedy. (laughs) Look look at that smile.
1: Tyler's going to be all chemicals and no man. Mm. when this is over. Mm. All right, boys, there you have it for our friends at DoorDash Oodle Noodle Cornerstone Insurance Buster's Pizza and Twig and Berries. Western Conference Final kicks off tonight at 6 p.m. Mountain. Well, probably about 6.20, but you know what? At a 6 p.m. start, I'll take that. I'll take that after what we just went through for the first two rounds. I'm excited. We're going to wrap things up, boys. Score prediction for game one. 4-2 win coming for the Oilers. Tyler.
0: 6-4 Oilers.
2: Over. Rick. (laughs) 5-3 Edmonton. Dan.
0: 4-3 Colorado. How dare you.
2: Fire Dan.
1: Don't actually. But there we go. Daily face Nation Off. Radio Tyler episode. took over. Yep. Daily Face Off. <laughs> Tyler's to blame for that. Well, there's Nation Radio episode 201's in the books. Enjoy this series, everybody. It's a great time. Go on out to a pub, get into a restaurant, watch the games with other people. And if you want, game one viewing party at the Pint downtown tonight. I encourage you Let's to go get a reservation in because that baby is going to sell out. There you have it. Well, there's Nation Radio in the books. Enjoy the
3: game, everybody. Shout out Caitlin Simple. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram.